I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Episode 68 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, Sean St. Jacques, back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. lot to get to on the show this week. The NBA season is over. We'll get to some Knicks talk uh, in the second half of the show. We'll talk a little Knicks draft. We'll talk some Knicks news in the second half of the show as well. But first, we'll wrap up the NBA season, wrap up the finals, and look at what's already potentially transpiring not only involving the Knicks, but involving other teams in the NBA. And we'll talk a little draft again later on in the show as well. To be fair, it's not going to be as structured as it normally is because it's the offseason. Most importantly, though, because everything kind of has a domino effect with some of the news this week. Some of it does involve the Knicks. It is mainstream Knicks news for some of this stuff. So I kind of decided to not split it up like I normally do. I apologize for those that stick around, mostly for the Knicks stuff. It's going to be woven throughout the vein of this week's show. Before we get to that, though, first and foremost, hope you're all doing well out there. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. You guys have been consistently listening week in and week out. The hundreds and thousands of you that continue to listen, the tens of thousands of you that have listened for over the year that I've been doing this show. I really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, it's been incredible. I've really enjoyed the support um, and really appreciate it from you guys. You guys have been awesome. Um, and I really appreciate the feedback you guys give the show, positive and negative. And I appreciate you guys sharing your thoughts when you get a chance, not only about the show, but about the Knicks and the NBA as well. So here's the deal. We're starting off with the NBA because the less, the Los Angeles Lakers our NBA champions, they won game six in pretty much a blowout. We're not going to dive into the game. It was a runaway. The heat ran out of gas, um, no pun intended. And we expected it to happen at some point. I, I thought if I, my, my thought always was if the heat somehow find a way to force a game seven, I think I thought they were going to get blown off the floor. I just thought they didn't have enough left in the tank. You saw Jimmy Butler after he won Game 5. The amazing effort he put in just to send it to a Game 6. 
he looked gassed. And I think the whole team with the injuries to Dragic, Adebayo, I, I just thought it really dragged the team down. And, and you know, when, when you lose two important guys like that, any team is going to be dragged down like that. So in the end, the Los Angeles Lakers win their 17th NBA championship, tied for the most in league history with their arch rivals, the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics have company now at the top, and the next team to win one between those two will be the most successful NBA franchise in history. It's got to be a little bit of a gut punch for Celtics fans that the Lakers have matched their title count And who knows, could go for another one next year, depending on how things uh, turn out with the Lakers. And there's a little update about the Lakers we'll get to during the show today. Um, I give a ton of credit to the Miami Heat, first and foremost. Um, I've been down here in South Florida for work uh, the last few months. I've just, it's been, again, and I'm a Knicks fan. It's been really cool to to see the uh, Heat fans support um, it's clearly a great fan base down here. I can't argue with that. There's no question about it. Listen, I think Knicks fans are the best in basketball, how loyal they are and, and how great they make the atmosphere at the Garden even during meaningless games. But I, I think the Miami Heat fan base, I, I, seeing it for up close is impressive during a pandemic to still, you know, be, you know, still being out and about, uh, you know, some, some more uh, safer than others about it, to be fair, down here in Florida. It's not been great, but... Um, the heat support has been great to see on social media. Most of them have been fine. Um, and also just in public or walking around, you know, getting food and stuff like that. Seeing the heat fans still rocking their Jersey, still showing support despite the tough finals it's been for them with injuries and things like that. It's been a remarkable season for the Miami heat. I don't think many expected them to be here. I thought they had a chance to do to, to make some noise. In this NBA playoffs, turns out they made more than just a little bit of noise. They made a ton of noise and were two wins away from another NBA championship. So you got to give them a lot of credit. They're going to be back. Uh, we'll get some to the, some news involving them trying to improve in a little bit as well. So great for them. Uh, four championships now for LeBron James. Two with the Heat, one with the Cavs, and one with the Lakers. Um, many have asked me already, uh, where does that put him as far as the all-time greats? I'll give you a little bit of a, a a thought on that. Again, I think you have to really take into account the era LeBron James is playing in, the way the rules have changed. I think LeBron fans don't take that enough into account when evaluating his greatness. I think the fourth championship puts him in the top five conversation. I think there's no question about that. However, I think he needs to win another if we are going to put him up there with Michael Jordan. I really think that that has to be done. If he matches what Kobe Bryant did as far as championships, I think that puts him in the conversation as the greatest player of all time. Until then, I think it's still Jordan. I don't think it's that close. I think you put Kareem in that conversation. Wilt Chamberlain belongs in that conversation. Um, There's a lot of other names that I would put um, in that conversation as well. LeBron is in that conversation. No question about it after a fourth championship with a third different franchise. However, to say he's the GOAT, I think, again, is a bit of a lazy argument without taking into account how offensively allowed the players are to be now in the NBA, considering the era that Jordan played in, where defenses would hack people apart. 
Not saying LeBron wouldn't be great in that era. He's a physical specimen, a physical anomaly. But because it's a little bit easier for LeBron, whether you like it or not, you can't make him the GOAT. You can make you can respect what he's done, and that's what I'm doing. You can't, uh, you know, four championships is four championships. So he, he's going to be, go- he's the best player of this era by a country mile, probably two country miles. But I think when you look at the fact of the full body of work in the era he played in, I can't put him ahead of Jordan. I can't do it. It just, it's, it's, it's disrespecting the era that Jordan played in. And it's not really taking into account the era that LeBron has played in. And to be fair, some of the breaks that that era has given him, whether people will, will admit that or not, it, it's clearly taken, uh, it, it's clearly given him an opportunity to do more offensively. The numbers are, are skewed because of that. Um, and also uh, compared to the, compared to the Jordan era, even compared to the Kobe era, again, I would, I would put, I would put LeBron right there uh, because I think his body of work is arguably better than Kobe's after this fourth championship, no question about it. But I think even Kobe's era was more physical, tougher to deal with the defenses and things like that than LeBron's era is. I think that's pretty. I don't think I really don't think there's much debate over that. I really don't. I, and I think that if you do debate that, I think you're you're putting too much stock in the LeBron. Uh, I, I think you're a prisoner of the moment. I think is really what it comes down to. And I know many of them. Uh, they they listen to this show. There's no, I've been a prisoner of the moment as well, but as someone that's, you know, not, that doesn't have much of a stake in the game here, I I think that that's kind of where I fall on the LeBron versus Jordan conversation. If LeBron wins one more, I think there's a real debate to be had. I I really do. I I don't think LeBron needs to win six to have this debate, but I think if he wins a fifth, I think that the debate can be had. I really do. A legitimate debate between Kobe, sorry, between LeBron and Michael, and I think at that point, if he wins a fifth, he leaves Kobe in the dust. No question about it. So it's interesting. You know, the debate will rage on. That's all I'm going to discuss about it on the show uh, for this one because uh, you're already going to be going nuts in the comments about it anyway. So uh, that's that's my two cents on that. Congratulations to the Lakers. You know, they get a little bit of a break. You know, not having to play the Clippers, but the Clippers did it to themselves. You know, you play what's in front of you. And the fact that the Clippers uh, blew a 3-1 lead, that's on them. That's not on the Lakers. So the Lakers deserve all the credit in the world for winning this championship. And hopefully their fans can celebrate it uh, in this pandemic. So speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, um, and really actually most, really it's just the LA Clippers, because that's where I'm going to start with the off-season stories. There's a report that Tyron Lue is going to be the next coach of the LA Clippers. This is, and to be fair, I misspoke because I'm thinking LeBron, Tyron Lou. This is an interesting one. Obviously, Tyron Lou, and this is this is a report from the Boston Globe. The 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 interesting part about the Tyron Lou connection here. Obviously, he gets LeBron the title in Cleveland. That's his claim to fame as a coach. And he's been, you know, a good assistant. Uh, in multiple organizations around the NBA that have been successful. The goal here is to get the most out of Kawhi Leonard. That's what everyone's saying about this rumor, or I should say this report. 
But that's not, I don't, I don't think that's why they're hiring Tyron Lue. I, I think Kawhi, you know, again, they, they need to get the best out of Kawhi. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. You know, there was injuries with this team for a lot of the year. You need to get the best out of Paul George. I think that's why Tyron Lue is getting this job. Kawhi, I think, will be fine. I think he just needs another year to, to really excel at the level we saw with, with San Antonio and then really with Toronto when they won the championship last season. So I I think that it's... To put it on, you know, Kawhi's got to get better, I think is a, is a harsh statement to take. I think Kawhi was the only reason the Clippers were a win away from going to uh, the Western Conference Finals, a place they still have never been, remarkably, as a franchise with the good teams they've had over the last seven years. So I think you look at the fact that they were hurt for a good portion of the end of the season, including the the bubble. And I think the other part you have to look at is the fact that really the reason they lost was because Paul George did not perform to the level that's expected of him. And to be fair, he was also playing through an injury. So I I, I don't This is a this is more of a Paul George thing, I would say, than anything else and I think that with Doc Rivers stepping down Tyron Lue coming in makes some sense I think that he's you know listen he's got some championship pedigree and and he had LeBron to be fair but now he gets Kawhi and he'll get another shot at possibly getting the Clippers to where they've never gone before and that's really three destinations the Western Conference Finals the NBA Finals and then the podium at the end of the season lifting up an NBA championship because this was the year that everyone, including myself, expected the Clippers to finally eclipse the Lakers and be LA's team and win a championship. And the way it just blew up at the end, losing three, losing a three-one lead to, lo and behold, the Denver Nuggets, a team that again I thought could give it give them a series, but never thought three-one up they'd blow it, the Clippers. So, and by the way. And we mentioned this before, second time under Doc Rivers, they've blown a 3-1 lead. Two different cores, obviously, but two different 3-1 leads blown in the East, or sorry, in the Western Conference semifinals. Once to the Rockets and now once to the Nuggets. I mean, just two devastating losses for the Clippers. And now we sit here wondering, you know, can Tyron Lou turn it around and turn them into what he did with the Cavs, an NBA champion. So those are definitely, uh, that's definitely one of the bigger storylines right now. Looks like it's going to go through. The terms have been agreed. So right now, we just have to wait and see what happens with that. So a couple other notable or semi-notable coaching moves. Dave Yeager is going to be on the Sixers staff as a defensive specialist under Doc Rivers. It makes sense. You know, Doc Rivers kind of needed that. I think that's kind of what everyone's been discussing as far as one of the reasons the Clippers weren't able to get the job done this season. Doc Rivers defensively wasn't consistent enough as a coach with this roster dealing with injuries, albeit, but that was one of the reasons why this was a, a move that many kind of expected. Maybe not for Dave Yeager specifically, but a defensive specialist had to be brought in to this conversation. Obviously, Dave Yeager, former head coach in the NBA as well uh, as 
uh, I believe the Kings head coach and the Memphis Grizzlies head coach, the Grindhouse, was definitely part of his big-time success as a head coach. So, it's one of those things, you know, and I actually, uh, with the the Grizzlies defense, I should say, um, he was the top assistant under Lionel Hollins. That just popped back into my head. Apologies for that. Um, that was when they, the Grizzlies were really good defensively, and, and he got a lot of credit for that. So apologize for mixing that up there. But listen, you know this is what he's expected to do now with Doc Rivers and the Sixers. So we'll see what happens with that. It's certainly a story to keep an eye on as the offseason moves forward. A little, another one as well, John Lucas is reportedly being uh, looked at as a candidate for the Rockets job. Um, Tyron Lu was apparently looked at as a big candidate as well. So at the moment, those are worth looking at as well. Mark Stein of the New York Times is reporting uh, that not only is Lucas a candidate, but Jeff Van Gundy is a finalist as well uh, to be the Rockets head coach. Um, that is pretty remarkable as well. Uh, Lucas League sources say, according to Mark Stein, has three key admirers in the organization. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and new Rockets GM, Raphael Stone. So, apparently, though, the John Lucas um, bid to be the Rockets' next head coach is gaining momentum. Uh, Van Gundy met with the Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, in the front office on Thursday for a second time. And he's still in the mix. So, very interesting to see what happens with that in Houston. That's going to lead us in, by the way, to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about in the second half of the show. Um, Before we dive into the second half of the show, I want to get one last quick little note in here. It's not one of the biggest notes, but I want to get it in because I, I want to really express the bigger stories for the second half of the show where I have a little bit more room to work with here. The last big report uh, semi-big report, I have to preface, involves Greg Popovich. And apparently, Greg Popovich has recently sold his mansion for $3 million. Jack Fleming of the LA Times reports that Popovich has been living here since 2018. Found a buyer. Uh, apparently, it's been sold. Uh, the The price was lowered from 45 to $3.1 It's a big place 2.6 acres spread 9600 square foot mansion in addition there's a swimming pool trees blah 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 it's located in san antonio um he bought the house popovich originally did in 20 excuse me 2005 um and part of me is trying to sell it since 2018 so this is the third year in a row popovich has tried to sell the house he's had it since 05 and Popovich, you know, some when they when the report first came out, I saw some people on my timeline saying, "Well, this could be it. Pop could be retiring. Uh, maybe he's selling his house because he's going to go uh, off into the sunset." Here, it's really just you know the end of a three-year journey of Greg Popovich trying to get rid of this house. So <laughs> that's why I want. That's part of the reason why I want to express the thoughts on this here. Everyone's thinking like, oh my God, it's over. Greg Popovich is selling the house. But again, this is people reading the headline, not reading the article. Um, Greg Popovich has been trying to sell this house since 2018. 
Um, so it's one of those things where it's just a formality that he was going to do that regardless. He's been coaching anyway. You know, we'll see. But for now, that's where it stands. And apologies for, for mixing that up. I've had, there's so much to talk about on the show this week. Uh, I'm just trying to keep it all straight right now. So wanted to get that one out of the way because frankly, the second half of the show, there's a little more meat on the bone. And I didn't want to leave this one, that, that little story, you know, and save it for the second segment because it's just not you know, one of those stories. There's a lot more to talk about. I think people, you know, love reading the headlines. They don't always dive fully into it and before they decide to tweet. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I wanted to bring that story up. Who knows when Greg Popovich is going to retire, right? 24 seasons now in the NBA. They got to the bubble. They didn't get uh, playoff games in the bubble. They were one of the long shots in the West at the beginning of the NBA bubble. Didn't expect them to get to the playoffs in the end. That eighth seed ended up being the Portland Trailblazers who overcame the Memphis Grizzlies to get into the playoffs. You know, beat the Lakers in one game and then it all kind of fell apart after that for them uh, with some injuries involving Damian Lillard towards the back end of that great run that he had in the bubble. I think if the Blazers win that series, Damian Lillard's the player of the bubble. I think there's no really arguing that. So, uh, and for the playoffs as well, by the way, for the playoffs as well, not just for the, the bubble regular season finale that took place. So anyway, interesting stuff there uh, involving Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. I'm going to take a break here. When we come back, we're talking Knicks, we're talking draft, we're talking free agency, and we're talking trades, some interesting trade stuff being thrown out there, not only involving the Knicks, but involving other teams as well. All that and more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Second half of the show underway. Episode 68. Hope you're enjoying the show. So far, we're finally going to dive into some Nick stuff in the second half of the program. And it's a report we're starting with that doesn't directly involve the Knicks, but it very much indirectly involves the New York Knicks. According to reports, Golden State is likely not going to use their second overall pick on a center. Here's the deal. It's apparently according to uh, the San Francisco Chronicle. Again, we've mentioned these reports. You got to take them with a grain of salt. However, if it's true, uh, that would take James Wiseman and Ayeka, uh, excuse me, Onyeka Ogungwu out of the conversation for that second pick in the draft for the Golden State Warriors. So, on the face of it, again, not great for the Knicks. That would give them much more of an incentive to take LaMelo Ball, or obviously the only other option there, at least at the time of recording, is Anthony Edwards, the stud athlete out of Georgia. So 
The good news is Bob Myers also came out and said the team will consider trading the pick, but they're not committed to anything yet. So again, it doesn't open... Sorry, it doesn't open and shut the fact that the Knicks could go up and still trade to get LaMelo Ball, or somebody else could as well, by the way, not just the Knicks. So it doesn't rule it out, but it takes another option away as far as Golden State potentially, uh, you know, in a, in a world where the Knicks can maybe trade up to three, right, and get LaMelo Ball. Um, that takes that a little bit more out of the equation because now there's no James Wiseman potentially for the Warriors in the draft. And that would be, again, on paper, a great pick. But right now, it doesn't look like that that's going to happen. And that does affect the Knicks, obviously, if it's true, if the report from the San Francisco Chronicle is what the Warriors are really thinking. So it's interesting, you know, because, and again, we're going to get to some of the, the Knicks scenarios later on in the show, probably to wrap things up. But for the time being, that's where it stands. And it's interesting to see what happens from there with really what the Warriors are going to do. And then on top of that, what the Knicks are going to do more importantly for this show. So now let's dive into the really nitty gritty stuff here. Anthony Davis reportedly is going to opt out of his contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. However, uh, I'm sure Knicks fans that didn't know about this already were gasping. Thinking, oh, maybe we can get him. Reportedly, according to Shams of The Athletic, Anthony Davis is reportedly going to re-sign with the Los Angeles Lakers with a brand new deal after winning his first ever NBA championship with LA. And it looks like that's definitely going to take him off the table for the rest of his career from other franchises. Anthony Davis is 27 years old. He could get a big deal here and it probably ends his career with the Los Angeles, I should say it's going to end up, he he will end up ending his career as a Laker. So that kind of goes out the window as far as the Knicks potentially putting themselves in a position to get Anthony Davis. So it's not great there. (laughs) Um, Another big time star the Knicks were looking at, Giannis Antetokounmpo, reportedly is going to be pursued heavily by the NBA champ, actually the NBA final runners-up, Miami Heat. The Heat really apparently are going to go all out to get Giannis. Um, this is again according to Shams. The Heat are all in, in in their pursuit of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they're hoping that they you know, will be able to keep as much of their team together as possible. Bam Adebayo could get an extension. Um, it could be costly, though. Uh, so he's 23 years old. Giannis is 26. It's already one of the debates who would be more worth it. Um, Giannis enters the final season of a 40 year, hundred million dollar deal in 2020, 21. So that could open the door for the Miami heat to potentially go out and get him in a trade or wait out the season and sign him as a free agent after 2020, 2021. Of course, Giannis can opt out. So we'll have to see what happens there. So we'll see. It's another we'll see situation. Again, if he opts out, the Knicks could be interested in him as well. Although, again, would you rather try to go win a title with the uh, with the Heat, a team that's ready to win, or would you rather start with a younger team at the age of 24 and try to lead them to a playoff run and then obviously looking to add more in the, in the years to come and then go for an NBA championship? 
So I think the answer is pretty clear there. But we'll have to see what happens. Obviously, there's a lot still to play out there with Giannis's contract. And if he stays with the Bucks, it's going to be open season in free agency in 2021. So we'll see what happens with that moving forward. More Knicks news uh, that's more directly involving the Knicks. Here's the deal. Uh, the first one is pretty interesting. Uh, Mark Berman of the New York Post reported that LaMelo Ball is one of the two players the Knicks love in the draft, the other being James Wiseman. Um, Ian Begley has reported agents around the league believe the Knicks could poke around about a potential Russell Westbrook trade if the Rockets attempt to get rid of him during this offseason. I'm going to start with the Russell Westbrook stuff first. Um, The Westbrook stuff is really, really concerning to me. I love Russell Westbrook as a player. However, I don't think he fits the Knicks at all. I don't think it makes any sense to bring him in. Um, I don't think he changes the culture. I think he's just going to want the ball. That's how he succeeds a lot of times in the NBA. So, And I think he wants to win a championship. And this team's not ready to win a championship. I just don't think it, not even close. So I don't think it makes any sense. And listen, he's owed well over $40 million over the next two seasons with a $47 million player option in 2022-23. So you have an extra potential de- an extra potential year there, with, with, whereas with the Chris Paul deal, you get rid of him after a couple of years if it doesn't work out. So I think the, the Westbrook deal is really risky. No question about it. Um, so I wanted to, to let me know your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I was at a loss for words when I saw that deal on the table. I think Chris Paul makes a ton of more sense than Russell Westbrook does. Again, you look at the age, but I think you look at what the team needs, and I think Chris Paul will be more willing to provide that than Russell Westbrook would. So for the locker room, for the media attention, the PR side of things, And for the play on the court, most importantly, I I don't think this makes a whole lot of sense for the Knicks to pursue here. Again, it doesn't sound like the Knicks are really fully engaged in something like this yet. They're poking around, but I I don't love this as an option. You know, no, not really at all, to be fair, with this as a move. So that's certainly something to look out for moving forward. But I, I just don't think that, and first and foremost, not only do the Knicks, why, why would the Knicks do this? Why the heck would the Rockets do this? I mean, again, if you're going to blow it up, blow it up. But you want to get something in return. I don't know what the Knicks can give the Rockets that would make a whole lot of sense. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, the Rockets are trying to blow it up, but they're trying to do it the way that the Thunder blew it up, you know, to come back and maybe be a playoff contender. I don't know if there's anybody on the Knicks that helps in a pursuit of that moving forward that the Rockets would say, yeah, we're willing to give up. Russell Westbrook for that I just don't see it I think there may be a couple of other teams out there that might be willing to take the risk but I just don't think that the Knicks should do it and I don't think the Rockets really could use the Knicks as a partner here to make either team better for the long term I just think it's a lose-lose really for both teams in this kind of a situation again it's a rumor uh, based on reports from agents but I, I just this one doesn't make a whole lot of sense for either side involved so We'll see what happens with that one moving forward. But I, when I first read that, I was just like, well, what's what would the deal look like? And then I was, the more I read, the more I just thought, oh, my God, what are we what are we doing here? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all. Uh, real quick, 
on the Mark Berman report, LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman being the two players the Knicks love in this draft. Yeah, that's great. We knew that they loved LaMelo Ball, but the fact that they love James Wiseman, that, that doesn't mean they should take him. They don't need him. You know, if you can get a point guard, get a point guard. I, 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 this is not the conversation that Knicks fans want to hear right now. The Knicks need a point guard. And if you're going to trade up, you sure as hell are not trading up for a center. The Knicks need talent, yes. I get that. But are you all in on Mitchell Robinson or not? If you aren't, you still need a point guard more than you need a center. So th- this is not up for discussion. I, I don't. I, I, the people out there that are saying, "Well, what about James Wiseman?" There's no. There should be no talk about the Knicks drafting James Wiseman. I don't want to hear it. If the Knicks trade up in this draft, and it looks unlikely, more unlikely by the day, it feels. They're not taking James Wiseman. And if they do, it's a disastrous pick, I have to say. It would make no sense for the Knicks to trade up to two or three and say, yeah, you know what? We're taking James Wiseman. What? What? It makes no sense. And it's not a knock on James Wiseman. In my opinion, he's a top five pick in this draft, hands down. I really think he is. But the fit, makes no sense in New York. The Knicks the Knicks need a point guard. And if you're trading into the top 2, it's LaMelo Ball or don't do the trade. Seriously, the fact that this is even coming up makes me even more scared that the Knicks are going to drop the ball in the NBA draft. It's seriously. The fact that this is the stuff that's being thrown around is already making me question what Leon Rose is thinking here. I, seriously, he either he's already panicking over what could possibly happen, or he has lost the leverage that he thought he had at some point along the way. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Seriously, this is already making me extremely concerned. The fact that James Wiseman is being talked about here. Don't take your eye off the ball, Knicks. Stick with the man you want in this draft. And if you can get him, great. If you can't, get a freaking point guard. Or you're going to be ripped to kingdom come in the media. Seriously. And you're going to set your franchise back another five years. That's the most important thing, right? It's not about the backlash. It's about getting this freaking pick right. And I'm sorry that I'm getting upset about this. But I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of... This is who we want, but here's who else we want, just in case we don't get what we want. Get what we want. I'm tired of it. Knicks fans are tired of it. And the fact that it's, well, we love LaMelo Ball. And here, we also love James Wiseman, in case we take him. Remember, we loved him. Stop. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Knicks fans that get it aren't having it. Seriously. If you're going to trade up, Take LaMelo Ball. Stop it. And if you can't trade up, you still got to take a point guard, folks. You need at least one point guard from this draft. And if it's not LaMelo Ball, I've said it time and time again, it better be Tyrese Halliburton or Cole Anthony. Or this is a disastrous draft at the start. Seriously. Now, if the Knicks trade down, 
it's a different story. There's less options, but the Knicks better get some pretty darn good stuff in return at the start. And then you still need to take a freaking point guard. Whether it's a Jamius Ramsey, a Tyrese Maxey who's a combo, could potentially a combo guard. Because if the other problem is, if you wait to take a point guard, if you trade down to the second round, as, as much as I like this player, you can't just leave a draft with one point guard and it's Emmanuel quickly and that's it. That doesn't give you a whole lot. Now again, that would depend on what they get in, the, in return for the trade, but more picks is certainly not enough. So this is, this is why I get frustrated with this conversation. This is why I get frustrated when this comes up. All right, another Nick rumor that I want to touch on. We've touched on this one before. According to Stefan Bondi, the New York Daily News, the Knicks have interest in Fred Van Fleet if they fail to trade for Chris Paul, or now in this case, uh, Russell Westbrook being that conversation as well. Fred Van Fleet is very much on the radar. Um, they're going to pursue him. Um, apparently, the Knicks really could... Um, could the Knicks think they could use a player like Fred Van Fleet? I tend to agree. Uh, but they also like the money that the 26-year-old would garner in a contract. Many are comparing it to the Malcolm Brogdon deal, four years, $85 million from last summer. We've talked about that. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Again, it's a good option to have, I have to say. I think Fred Van Fleet would be a solid addition to this Knicks team with others coming with that. But for now, you know, that's a wait and see. So we'll see what goes on with that. Um, according to Mark Berman of the Daily News, the Knicks have staged internal talks about trading down to the 12 to 15 range. Uh, one of those teams there is the Orlando Magic. And according to Mark Berman, the Magic have interest in Dennis Smith Jr., uh, potentially creating a deal to help the Knicks out there to trade down. That's not a bad trade down there, depending on what the Knicks get back in return. Giving Dennis Smith another opportunity somewhere else, pretty solid option. But the Knicks still need to take a point guard with that pick. And on top of that, they need to get something strong back in return to complement that. So again, it's out there. It's being talked about. And we'll see where it goes. I mean, that's kind of where it stands at the moment. So I just want to make sure that was thrown out there as well. And I also want to make sure that you guys could have your say on it when we you know put out this podcast um this week i want to see what you guys think about it and i want to see what you guys think the knicks should do because frankly i get frustrated with this stuff uh (laughs) every year it seems like but again there's hope and then the knicks tend to screw things up so we're just waiting to see what happens um with that uh just to put a bow on the draft stuff right now the knicks again are the eighth pick in the draft um, according to Bleach Report's mock draft, the Knicks would take Devin Vassell out of Florida State. I think that's, a, that's the wrong move. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for the Knicks to take him there. Um, I think the Knicks should be going after Tyrese Halliburton there, though. In this mock draft, Tyrese Halliburton is taken by the, the Hawks at six. I think I think the Knicks should be going after him there, no question about it. Um, they actually have uh, Golden State taking Denny Avdija, I believe is how you pronounce his name. If I'm wrong, I apologize. From uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, the uh, combo forward. That would be good for the Knicks because the Knicks could potentially trade up to three to get LaMelo Ball. The Timberwolves would take Anthony Edwards in that situation. 
and maybe the Knicks give up a little bit less to trade up five spots to get LaMelo Ball. But for the time being, we wait and see if the Knicks trade down. Uh, Cole Anthony's very much in play. Um, no question about that. Uh, I think you would also put uh, Kira Lewis Jr. in play, although I'm not a huge fan uh, of him over Cole Anthony. Although Cole Anthony, for some reason, again, I don't get it, continues to plummet in these mock drafts. I, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think he's a fantastic player, potentially, in this draft. Again, Tyrese Maxey's in play there as a potential combo guard as well. So, I mean, again, there's options. There's options here in this draft. If the Knicks do trade down, um, I do have to say another option for them away from point guard, in my opinion, is Sadiq Bey from Villanova, small forward, power forward. If you just want talent, I think that's an option. But again, the Knicks need a point guard, and I think that those are the only three options that would make me feel good about the upcoming season if the Knicks were to take one of those guys. I think that's where I'm at, really. I mean, that's where it stands at the moment. There's one last little story here um, that some of you, uh, not some, but a few of you tweeted <laughs> to me about uh, this week that I will address briefly. Um it's about the Knicks marketing consultant uh, wearing, I think it was Bulls, Bulls shorts, was it? Let me pull up the article again. I, I thought I, uh, yeah, Steve Stout, uh, we've talked about him before on this show. Just a weird move by the Knicks. Um, and then he goes, he went on first take a while back. Um, and, you know, you know, where it was saying ridiculous things about the franchise and his part in it and things like that. Well, he was on a golf course, um, I think with Nas, I want to say, Draymond Green, and a few others, and he's there wearing Bulls shorts. Um, Just a great marketing guy, man. Just a great marketing guy. Knows what he's doing. Uh, Loves to put the, the team first. No question about it. He's a Queens native. Um... You know, the Knicks say he's a valued contributor to the Knicks and all this crap and who cares and all this nonsense. Um, he said to the Breakfast Club podcast back in August, I think it's the Power 105 uh, show. Great show, by the way. If I've got the, I, and the reason I'm the reason I'm hesitating on that, I just want to make sure it, it's the podcast. So I don't know if that's different from the show or just the show as a podcast. It's a great show. Um, it's something that, that I love the people they bring on that show that the interviewing is, is really strong and they have a lot of fun. So I, I, I enjoy that, that show a lot. I just want to make sure I'm giving them credit for the right thing. Uh, they interviewed Steve Stout back in August and he said, quote, my number one job, uh, is to do what I do best rebranding. The Knicks are one of the great franchises and, uh, great sports brands in the world. Obviously we got to work to do on the court with the team. But branding aspects, there's so much we can do with mer- merchandising and apparel, uh, making great advertising to get people excited about this global brand. That that's great, Steve. Wear the brand. If it's so exciting to you, wear Nick shorts on the golf course. You're gonna wear Bulls shorts. You might as well wear Celtic shorts. Wear Nets shorts. For all I care. Seriously? For for a guy that this is your specialty. Holy bleep. 
They say all negative attention, you know, all attention is good attention, positive or negative. This is stupid. This is dumb. What are you thinking? And again, maybe you know what? I'm not going to go there. You know, it's a golf course. You know, people are relaxed on the golf course and stuff like that. But you're a branding consultant, a marketing guy. This isn't great marketing, pal. You're marketing the other team. And frankly, it doesn't matter when the picture was taken. It really doesn't. It's just so stupid. I hate, you know, now that I now I'm upset with myself that I ended on this note. I mean, it's just like holy smokes, man. Uh but I but but you guys wanted me to address it. So that's my two cents. Wear Nick shorts. Or your stand or your standing as the Knicks marketing consultant's gonna be short. How about that? That's where I'm at with that. I'll end with this. We'll go back to the draft just to give you some sort of hope here. Uh, moving forward, I know it, I get frustrated talking about. It. I've said this already today, but it's it's just so annoying because the, it can be so avoidable, right? But here's where I'm at with with the draft right now. The Knicks have so many options at point guard here. I know they don't love all their options that they've made that quite clear publicly, but. We've said this in the past. The trades available for the Knicks to make to move up in the draft are feasible. They're doable. They can be done. For me, it comes down to finding a partner and when the partner is found. It's down to timing and who's your teammate in this trade. If the Knicks can check off those two boxes, we could have a really good draft upcoming here in the next couple of weeks. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm going to end the podcast. I try to give you a little bit of an extra positive note uh, that's needed right now, frankly, by Knicks fans. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, that's where we're at at the moment. And that's where we'll end the show. Uh, Thank you again, as always, for listening to the podcast. You guys have been so loyal from the beginning and throughout the pandemic. Thank you for doing so. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're doing well. Please continue to wear a mask. I feel like as I've stayed down here in Florida more, I've seen less and less people wearing masks, especially if you're down here or in a hot zone. Wear a mask, please. It's not over. The pandemic is not over. The leadership in the government has still not finished this thing off. It's not even close to being finished off. We've got to still do what we have to do. Do your part to help fight COVID-19. It's not done yet. Please continue to wear a mask, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, and if you can stay six feet apart from people, do it, please, for not only yourselves, but for the people around you, and especially for the older population, who we've lost so many already because of poor leadership from the government, continue to do your part out there. I've seen, I, it's gotten to the point where I can't even go for a walk right now <laughs> out here in Florida. There's too many people not wearing masks. So do your part. I feel like I, it's been a while since I've even said this on the show, but I got to say it again because I've just seen too much of it down here. You've got to do it. doesn't matter where in the country you are, wear a mask. Because again, the sports have come back and it feels more normal, but it's still not done. So do your part to make sure we finally beat COVID-19. So next season's not affected. And again, there's eight games in the NFL being postponed and things like that. So, so please do your part to fight COVID-19. And again, thank you for listening to the show. You guys are the best. 
Let me know what your thoughts are with the Knicks trade, free agency, and draft rumors. And let me know what your thoughts are on the coaching carousel already fully underway in the NBA. And until then, I'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.